Hello, my beautiful people. For new listeners, welcome, and for old listeners, welcome back. My name is Amelia, the host of the show, and this is Welcome to Camp Mutant, the official Logan Marshall podcast. Hey guys, so congratulations on making it back to another episode. I mean, well, I decided to do an episode today since, well, my country's back in lockdown, so depending on when you're listening to us, at the moment we are experiencing a worldwide plague called the coronavirus, which is very much a big convenience in general. But... You know, that that stuff has already been on the news about tons of times, and this episode isn't going to be on, you know, what the heck's going on in the news, because, well, the news pretty much is just full of crap. So, as you guys can tell from the title of this episode, I'm going to be talking about um, my favourite book series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and, you know, like, let's start with the good news. I don't think there is a single bad book within this series. I mean, we all know that uh, The Lost Hero exists, but we're not going to dwell on that at the moment because, you know, this isn't, a ne- this isn't exactly a negative environment. It might turn into one, um, depending on what the heck's going to happen, but <laughs> I doubt it. So, yeah, The Lost Hero exists, but... Um, you know, probably other than that, there isn't a single Rick Riordan book that is necessarily bad. Like, the, the book that started it all, The Lightning Thief, like that, was a, like, that was just genius. Like, honestly, it was probably one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. And, you know, like, Rick Riordan's just become my new favorite author. Um, you know, like, I read the... You know, like, I read Harry Potter when I was younger. Like, I don't think anyone who's anyone hasn't read Harry Potter at least once in their life. But, you know, like, Percy Jackson just takes on a whole new meaning for me. Because, you know, like, stakes are higher. Characters are far more interesting. Um, you know, like, every time I'd read Harry Potter, I'd just be like, Bro, Harry, just lay... Just chill for a second, man. Like... Nothing's bad is gonna, like, happen. Like, in the first Harry Potter book, I didn't feel like the stakes were that high. I mean, there's probably a whole bunch of Harry Potter fans out out there listening to this that's probably gonna be yelling at me right now. But, honestly, I just don't see anything, like, that stake-wise within the first book. I mean, Harry almost died, but we kind of knew he didn't die because, you know, like, there's seven other books in the series... And it didn't seem likely that he would die since he's like an 11-year-old kid with a scar on his forehead. I mean, like, come on, man, you survive as a baby. You're not going to be killed as an 11-year-old. And, you know, like in the seventh book, um, you know, like he kind of dies, but then he comes back to life. So, and he's like, he always has like this trope thing going on where it's like, no, I have to do everything by myself. None of you can help me, like, even though his friends are always, like, sticking up for him. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh, but we want to help, we want to help you. You can't do everything by yourself, Harry. You're not Superman. I mean, like, bro, seriously. And, you know, like, enough about Harry Potter. Um, so I'm not here to compare the two. I probably just did, um, but I'm not here to compare the two. Um, so, 
You know, like, the thing that makes Percy Jackson a good story isn't just the plot and whatever, it's the characters. You know, like, we've got Percy, who's, like, this main male protagonist, who's, like, he's really sassy and sarcastic, but, you know, and he... And he's got ADHD, and he, like, everyone can relate to him at some point. Like, you know, he's not, like, one of those all high and mighty heroes that thinks they can rule the world or whatever. And, you know, you, ne- you know you're, they're not going to die, like Harry. Um, so, like, he constantly has doubts. I mean, like, there are a couple areas in the story where he's, like, where he does get really powerful. Because, I mean, like, he's the son of Poseidon, like, come on. Poseidon's one of the most powerful Greek gods out there. And, you know, he, Percy's bound to be powerful. But, you know, he doesn't let that get to his head. He doesn't let his power get to his head. So he constantly has doubts. And that's something every single human being has. And, you know, like... Um, also with his friends, like Annabeth and Grover. Um, I love Annabeth. She's probably one of my favourite female heroes to ever exist in a book series. I mean, like, she is just one of the best. Like, she's really smart. She don't need no man. Um, and, you know, like, Grover is just, like, that sweet, kind, best friend that, you know, everyone really wants and loves. And, you know, like, he, he'll be, like, a... You know, like, he'll be a little shy and whatever, but he'll stick up to you. You know, he'll, he's loyal to the end. And... You know, like, we all need a friend like that. And with those, like, the trio like that, they're just, like, the ultimate power trio. Like, again, we have Ron and Hermione and Harry, and then we have, like, Katniss and Peter and whatever that guy was, whatever the name of that other guy was in the Hunger Games. You mean, like, out of the, out of all the trios of three, and you mean, like, out of all the trios of three, in any book that I've ever read, I feel like Percy, Annabeth, and Grover are my favorites. And now that I think about it, I don't know what's up with the trio of three, where it's like one girl and two boys. Like, I mean, it's pretty much in every single book that I've read. Like, you have Harry and Ron, and then you have Hermione, who's like the only female. And like, the female's legitimately like, smart or something, but the males are always like, sticking up for her. Not for Annabeth, though. Annabeth is her own person, and she she is a queen, legit. If you guys are looking for a book to read, and you're listening to this episode, and you haven't read Percy Jackson yet, ignore the birds in the background. I'm just sitting outside, because inside is stuffy. Um, so if you guys are looking for a book to read, I'd really recommend reading Percy Jackson, if you haven't already. It's just, it's one of the best... I mean, like, on that topic of the books, like, this episode is probably going to be generally on Percy Jackson, as well as, like, another topic. Um, but if I spend too much time rambling on about Percy Jackson, then I'll do that other topic in another episode. Um, but if I was to rank the Percy Jackson books, so just in this series in particular, so in this one series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, um, if I was to rank the books on, like, my personal favorites, so you guys don't exactly have to follow in this order. This is just my personal opinion. Um, like, in number one place, in the number one was The Last Olympian, which is the final book of the series. Reason for that being was just, like, 
the great war at the end, like the big war between Kronos and Luke. I mean, there's probably spoilers in this episode. Um, usually I tend to avoid spoilers, but now I'm just embracing them and open arms. So, anyway, so, favorite book, Last Olympian. Great big war, and pretty much almost every single character has some kind of badass moment in that story. Like, Nico raising the dead with his father Hades. That was, like, that was legit. Percy turning himself into a hurricane. Um, you know, Luke's sacrifice moment. Grover calling over all the nature spirits and all the satyrs. Um, you know, like the battle between Percy and Kronos. And Kronos being blown up to bits or whatever. Um, like, it's just one of the best boss fight stuff out there like if they made the last like i heard um recently that rick riordan is deciding to make a tv series on disney plus about percy jackson um i don't think you guys i don't think i told you guys this but i am an actor you won't find me in anything yet because i haven't actually auditioned for anything but you know i'm like going to an acting school and everything so, if there is going to be a Disney Plus series, which I think there will be, and, you know, like, I'd really like to audition for a part in the movie. Like, it's... In the movie. I mean, the TV series. Like, it would just be so, so cool to be part of this universe. And, like, Percy Jackson, this is like... Like, that's like winning a jackpot lottery. Like, after you read... So, I'm pretty sure Harry Potter fans out there, they're still waiting for their letter to go to Hogwarts. Percy Jackson's like the exact same thing. Like, after you read it, you think, oh my god, I hope I'm a demigod or whatever. Because, like, this would be so cool. Like, you have, like, all these really cool superpowers and whatever. It's just like, dude, it's like finding out that your parent... Okay, so I'm just gonna cover the synopsis for Percy Jackson here before I continue. So, Percy is the son of a god, Poseidon, like I mentioned before. So, his dad's Poseidon, but his mum's a mortal, called Sally. Um, you know, like, they're Greek gods, so everyone in this universe, well, almost everyone, is, like, the kid of a Greek god and a mortal. So, like, imagine if you found out that one of your parents was actually, um, like, I don't know, Athena, the goddess of wisdom, or Ares, the god of war, or, you know, maybe Zeus, the god of the sky. And, like, that that would just change your life completely. And it would be super, super cool if you found out that you're, like, oh, you know, you're not a regular kid, but you have all these really cool superpowers. And, like, apparently uh, the definition of a demigod was that if you were born with either ADHD or dyslexia or both, then you might be considered a demigod or you know, like, the kid of a, of a god and a, and a mortal. Like, that's kind of, like, the definition, but it's, like, it's super, super cool. And, you know, like, the definition of between gods and mortals are, like, really branded in a lot of different series. Like, you know, Shadowhunters, you'd obviously be, like, um, you'd have, like, some sort of angelic bloodline, like, between a mortal and an angel or something, like a child of Jesus Christ, or whatever the heck angels are, um, you know, like Harry Potter, you'd be the kid of a wizard, or a witch, or both, or you might just be the kid of one, or, you know, you might just be a, um, regular 
regular human, but you have some kind of witchy, wizardry descent or something. And so that's basically the synopsis of Percy Jackson. Um, and, you know, like this kid, this guy Percy, he's like, in the first book, he's 12. He goes on this adventure. And it's like, it's just one of the best stories out there. Um, it should be, it's, sh- I'm just going to say this. It should top Harry Potter. Like, ages ago, um, here's the bad news about it, was that it got a lot of bad reputation because of the movies that came out on it. Um, they starred Logan Lerman, which, by the way, is actually a pretty good actor. But in this movie, his performance was, like, really bad. But I don't blame that on him. I blame it on the scriptwriters and pretty much everyone who was involved in that movie. Um, because... You know, like, that movie was super, super terrible. Um, I was probably one of those people that saw the movie first before I read the book. And I was like, oh, this movie's not so bad. Because, you know, at the time, I, well, I think I was like eight years old when I saw it. I saw this movie and I was like, oh, this is so cool. The special effects are really awesome. Like, that's pretty much the only plus of the movie was that the special effects were pretty cool. Um, You know, and then I read the book and I was like, oh, my God. This is the best piece of literature that I've ever read. And then I went to go watch the movie again. And then I was like, wow. This movie is so bad. Um, Don't recommend watching it. If you want to give yourself a slap in the face, then go ahead. Um, But, worst movie. But back to my ranking on the book. So, Last Olympians up there on very first place. Um, second place is The Titan's Curse, which was the third installment in the series. Um, that book was probably one of my, like, it is my favourite, it's one of my favourites. Um, you know, mostly because of the Hunters of Artemis. Um, like, they're just a, a big group of badass women who don't need no guy to show them what the heck to do. Like, they are just independent women. They are like the Charlie's Angels. That is legit what they are, except that they carry um, bows and arrows instead of guns. But they are literally Charlie's Angels. Like, they are just the best. The best group out there. Um, You can't change my mind. And also the fact that there are a lot of damn jokes in this book. People who have read Percy Jackson, you will catch my pun. Um... (laughs) Anyway, so, third place, Battle of the Labyrinth, the fourth book in the series, one of the best, again, with the war at the very end, like, I'm a sucker for wars, um, and also the most iconic scene in the Percy Jackson series, the blue hairbrush thrown from Rachel into the eye of the Lord of Time, Kronos, that scene was just aces like it was the best thing that probably ever happened and so moving on next book lightning thief i said before that this is probably one of the best books i've ever read and it just kept getting better and better after that one the sarcasm in that book is absolutely genius percy and annabeth don't like each other that much at the beginning but you know they sort it out in the end um in the my ranking for the f- for the final one, the fifth book, um, Sea of Monsters. That's the second book, but 
you know, I didn't like that book as much as the others because the plot isn't really that interesting, in my opinion. Like, I get that the camp is dying, but, I mean, to go on a quest to find the Golden Fleece, I don't really care much about the Golden Fleece. Like, I get that there was a Greek hero, Jason, who went to go find it. And, you know, he went on, like, this big, dangerous sea voyage. But I'm pretty sure it would only be interesting if, you know, if it wasn't for, like, the monsters and all the hardships Jason went through. Um, you know, if he just went to the island of Colchis and then, um, stole the fleece and then ran away, that's not really that interesting. So, that's... So, Sea of Monsters is places fifth on my list. And then, then, you know, Rick's got, like, three, two other series that follow Percy Jackson that, you know, like, follow the Greek and Roman pantheon. Uh, we get Heroes of Olympus, which introduces us to the Romans. And then we've got Trials of Apollo, which is, like, about this this god, Apollo, the Greek god of poetry and archery and whatever the heck. Um, these birds won't shut up out here. So, you know, we've got Apollo, the god of archery. He got sent to the world as a mortal. Because, you know, he screwed up. And Zeus decided that he should get a little time out in the mortal world. You guys can probably hear me better now because I've just gone indoors. But, um, yep, so Apollo stuffed up. Zeus sent him to the mortal world as a mortal. And, you know, he has to do a bunch of trials, like kill a bunch of Roman emperors and whatever. So, excuse me. And, you know, like, after those... We get two other series in the, um, no, not two other series. We get a couple other series in this. So we have Magnus Chase, which is probably my favorite series in the Rick Riordan universe. Um, mostly because Magnus, the protagonist Magnus Chase, he is just an absolute king. He's a genius. His sarcasm is off the rocks. I love him. Stan him. And his, um, girlfriend slash boyfriend, who's, um, I don't think, um, they're transgender, but, uh, that character, Alex Fierro, she or he goes as, she or he pronouns, I think she's, yeah, transgender and gender fluid, um, and, you know, like, she's the, she or he, they're the best characters in that... She's one of the best characters in the story. Um, if you guys want to go check that out, I'd highly recommend reading it. Um, I really think that Magnus... This is just my personal opinion, but I think I'd prefer a five-series book of Magnus Chase rather than five-series Apollo, Charles of Apollo, but... Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, another series that we have based on... So Magnus Chase is based on Norse mythology... And then we've got also got the Cain Chronicles, which is like a three-part series on Egyptian mythology. Again, that book series is just ultimate genius. Highly recommend reading it if you guys have nothing else to read. Like, I've pretty much binged all of the Rick Riordan books for multiple times. Like, I think I've read the Percy Jackson series at least five times. And then... Heroes of Olympus, like, if I had to rank all the series, Magnus Chase would be first on my list, and then Percy Jackson, and then, uh, King Chronicles, and then Charles of Apollo, and then, uh, Heroes of Olympus, because, 
you know, like, I like Heroes of Olympus, but it's, you know, it's got its problems. Um, it's not that bad, but the first book, Lost Hero, like I said before, that, that one's, um, a bit boring to me. Like, nothing, it's like, there's this one character in there, Jason, he is just the blandest character, all Rick Riordan fans who are listening, they would agree with me, he is one of the blandest characters Rick has ever come up with, and I'll say, whatever happened to him in Trials of Apollo, he deserved it, um, I'm not gonna say what it was, you guys can probably guess by now, but, anyway, so, you know, that's that, Percy Jackson, one of my favourites, um, movies, terrible, series, hopefully going to be good, and if I do get an option, I might, well I probably will, but I might try and audition for a character, I'm not going to say who, um, because, well, anyway, so, favourite Percy Jackson characters, Percy, top, um, I really love Thalia Grace, daughter of Zeus, and she's, like, she is a queen, she is just, like, she, she becomes a hunter of Artemis, but she is just legit, she's probably around the same type as Percy, um, I get that many people like Percy, but I kind of like Thalia a bit more than Percy, in my opinion, because, you know, like, she's just the greatest, um, she overcomes all these hardships, she died, she got turned into a tree at one point, um, and then she came back to life because, ooh, the golden fleece, yay, um, and, you know, like, she's just one of the best, I don't need to explain it, um, Percy Jackson fans who are listening, I really don't think you guys need an explanation as to why I think Thalia Grace is the best, one of the best Percy Jackson characters out there, um, actually, now that I think about it, another thing on why I put Heroes of Olympus at the bottom of my series ranked list was because practically nobody dies in that i mean i'm not saying it as if it's a bad thing but in the percy jackson series like a tons of people died to keep chronos from rising he rose anyway and they ended up defeating him and for me that just i just felt like that the heroes who died their sacrifice was more worthwhile whereas in heroes of olympus we have um Depending on where you are, the pronunciation is either Gia or Gaia. I personally pronounce it as Gaia. Um, she rises. She's supposed to be, like, a real big threat, even bigger than Kronos. But the thing was, nobody died in that series besides Octavian, but everybody thought he was a jerk anyway, so he deserved death. Um, and, you know, like, I get it's supposed to be really bad, but when Gaia rises, she's literally only up and alive for about, like, four chapters, and that's about it. And then they just kill her. So, like, out of the 36 or more chapters... No, it wasn't 36. It was, like, 50 or 60 or whatever. So, out of the 60 chapters in this book, Gaia was alive for only, like, four or two chapters. And then the heroes defeated her. Like, they made it this big deal, like... Oh, when she rises, one of us will have to die. Um, if she rises, she's going to destroy Earth and whatever. But it turns out she didn't even destroy... She destroyed hardly anything. Um, 
the real antagonist, in my opinion, were probably the Giants. So, and you know, like, they were following out Gia's orders, but I feel like they were the real antagonist, because Gia was... I'm saying Gia when I said I pronounced it as Gaia. Um, I don't know, whatever her name is, she just didn't really do anything. And I think at the end, Leo Valdez, he supposedly died, but then he came back to life at the end of the book, and I was like, eh... I mean, if he died, it would have made the the war more worthwhile, in my opinion. But, you know, anyway, it was Rick that wrote it. The series was good in general, but, you know, it doesn't beat its predecessor. And, you know, talking about all these characters was about, um, like, they are just one of the best, best series out there. Highly recommend it. Um, you know, like, it's just really, really, if you don't like reading, then I feel sorry for you, but this series is literally worthwhile. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is worthwhile reading. It's one of the best. Like I've said before, it should have, it really should have topped Harry Potter, in my opinion. If there's any Harry Potter fans out there who are yelling at me, um, I mean, can you really blame me? Like, Harry, at the first book, like, I don't really mean to, well, I kind of do, but I don't really mean to, like, what's the word? Um, I don't know what the word is. So, like, confront? I don't really think it's confront. No, that's not the word. Um, Jesus. Uh, what the heck is this word? I need an English dictionary. Um, so, like, competition. So, I don't really mean to compete against the two, um, but, personally, I think Percy Jackson is much better. Like, I understand why people loved the Harry Potter series, I really do. Like, the books were great, the movies were awesome, um, the cast that they used for the movies, absolute. Emma Watson, knockout. Um, she's really, and Daniel Radcliffe, he's awesome. Rupert Grant, hilarious. Um, but, you know, like, there wasn't really much stakes in Harry Potter to begin with, I thought. Like, they didn't go to Hogwarts in the Deathly Hallows, but, you know, I didn't really feel like there were much stakes to it. Like, we all knew that Harry was never gonna die, he just had that aura around him, you know? Like, he had that, uh, perfect kid, he has a whole heap of money, um, he's like the chosen one, but his parents died, I mean... I mean, like, we're supposed to feel sorry for him, and he has, like, a short temper. You know, like, his parents died, and his uncle and aunt are horrible, but, I mean, come on, guys. Like, seriously, he gets, as soon as he gets to the Wizarding World, he gets treated like a prince. I mean, like, come on. Seriously. Whereas Percy, like, everyone's always looking down on him, and, like, he learns that he needs to accept that not everyone's gonna like him. But, you know, he ignores that, and he continues being the hero. Like, he doesn't need anyone to tell him. Like, he's not a prince. You know, like, he doesn't come from a rich family, you know? He doesn't have a whole heap of money. His mum makes a living as a, as a, like, a... Like, someone who wants to be a writer, but instead she worked at a candy shop. You know, like, he's, he's from a humble family. He's from humble origins. And, you know, like, that's a character that we all need. 
um, someone that we can relate to. Like, not all of us are from the rich and famous, you know? And Percy represents that. Not just that's because he has ADHD and dyslexia, like a whole heap of people do. But, you know, he, we can relate to him all at some point in our life. And that's what makes him, that's what makes Percy such a great character. Um, you know, it's, and another thing that I really don't like comparing the two, but another thing that Rick Riordan does right in Percy Jackson is that Percy doesn't turn his back on his friends. He's loyal with them to the end, and they're loyal with him to the end. And that's just what I love in a friendship. Like, with Harry, he was always the loner. Like, he had friends, but he always thought he had to do everything by himself because, you know, he grew up in, like, a really bad environment. But it's... He thought that everything required his sacrifice at the very end. And, you know, that didn't really make it that worthwhile to me. Like, the point in Friends is that they have your back, and you have their back, and everyone is happy, and, you know, like, friends aren't people that you can toy with your emotions with. And Harry, he kind of does that. Like, in the Deathly Hallows, he turns his back on them. Um, Ron ends up leaving for a couple chapters. Like, pretty much the entire book, he ends up not being there. And it's really just Harry and Hermione, but even Hermione is, like, hardly even mentioned. Like, it's pretty much all about Harry. You know, like, it all it all comes down to Harry and Voldemort and whatever. And, you know, like, back to, you know, like, the villain origins. Like, uh, Luke, the main antagonist for Percy Jackson. Like, Rick did a really good job at handling Luke, I'm pretty sure. Like, in the end... For me, personally, he seemed more like an anti-hero instead of, you know, like, someone who's evil all the time. Because, you know, like, um, his dad, he was hardly ever there. His dad's Hermes. Um, his mom, she went insane. Uh, he ran away when he was... I think he was either eight or nine years old. He ran away. And then, you know, he found Thalia. He was with her for a couple years. They were, like, on the run for about a year or two, whatever. And then they found Annabeth, and they were all, like, a family. And then Thalia died when she was 12. And then Luke was, like, really angry at the gods or whatever. But the thing with that is that he didn't really feel... I don't think he wanted to kill them. He just wanted them to feel and to respect all of the demigods and all of the, all the demigods in general. And, you know, with Voldemort, all he wanted was just like, kill, 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 I'm the, I am, <clears throat> excuse my voice for a moment, I'm trying to impersonate Voldemort, it's going terribly, but, I am Voldemort, and I'm going to kill everybody, because my life was not fair, ah! Um, in case you guys didn't catch that, that's just me trying to impersonate Voldemort, but I think it just sounds like me yawning, um, Anyway, so, um, you know, like, Voldemort, he was always a villain, nobody liked him, but at the end of, but, you know, in The Last Olympian, um, Luke, Luke was the hero, like, Percy thought he was the hero, he thought he had to sacrifice himself, but it turns out it was Luke, um, Luke sacrificed his life 
to kill Kronos, even, well, mortals can't die, but, you know, to dissipate a Kronos back into a billion pieces so he can never come back again. And, you know, it was Percy's choice that, it was Percy cho- Percy's choice to trust Luke and give him that dagger and trust him to make everything right and okay. And, you know, with Harry and Voldemort, it, it was just like one or the other. And we all thought that Harry died, but we all knew that Harry was not going to die. Like, we didn't really see that stakes on him. Whereas with Percy, we all knew that Percy would have died one way or another. Like, House of Hades. In the House of Hades, in the... Like, Percy came death. Percy came really, really close to death multiple and multiple times. Like, there was... He was always tired, he was hungry, but the only thing that kept him going was Annabeth that was by his side, and he would live for her, he does everything for her, and, you know, the two of them are just really cute, they're really sweet. Um, you know, whereas with Harry and, Harry and Ginny, Harry and Ginny over here, um, we don't actually see any of their relationship until the sixth book, where Harry just, like, kind of gets jealous over Ginny's boyfriend, like, I, I don't get it. Like, seriously, there was literally no emotional baggage to both of them. Whereas with Percy and Annabeth, it was like, they hated each other. It was, it was like that really famous trope, but the trope that everyone loves. It's like they hate each other, and then they, like, become really close friends, and then, you know, that morphs into them dating each other or becoming lovers. Whereas with Harry, Harry and Ginny, I feel like J.K. Rowling just shipped them. and was like, alright, you people go do whatever or something. Um, anyway, I think that's enough about me coming on to talk about this episode. And, you know, just throw shade at Harry Potter or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, I guess that's it for this episode, guys. So, thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll see ya. So, later, guys. Well, my friends, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will return soon to make more on this podcast. Um, Yeah, so see you later, Half-Bloods.